Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, encounterchurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Are you ready for the Word of God? Amen. Well, I'm excited about today. We are in a series. I feel like I say that every week. I feel like every week I'm excited about the message. Why? Because it's already been like growing and and processing in my heart. In fact, I'm typically about two weeks ahead of schedule on sermon prep. So this sermon has been done for about two weeks now. So it's been kind of stirring around on the inside of me waiting to come out. So I've got to share this with you today. We're in a series that we're simply calling All in advancing fully advancing with god what does that mean that means that we move beyond just filling a seat on a sunday that means that we move beyond just going through the emotions and the routines of our normal sunday morning and and we come to the place of saying lord i'm willing to do whatever and be whatever for you god i'm willing to say and go and do what you've called me to do lord i'm ready i'm willing to be all in i wonder what's your response to that are you ready to, to give it all for God? I hope by this point of the series, we're four weeks in, and I hope and I pray that you've begun to feel a challenge in your heart to move beyond just a casual attendee, but one that truly desires to profess their faith. Now listen carefully. There's a difference between just hanging out and truly living the life. Yes? Come on, you're awful quiet. But what God desires of us is not, Jesus, let me say it this way, Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could have a comfortable place to sit on a Sunday. He didn't die for this. He died so that we could have a relationship with him and go outside of these walls and and make a difference, an impact for the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said, here's what I've called you to do. Go into all the world and make disciples. Wow, that's pretty overwhelming, isn't it? Because some of us say, well, pastor, there's no way I can go into all the world. You can go into all your world. You see, there's a world that you can reach on a daily basis that I can never reach. And likewise, there's a world that I can reach that you could never reach. But that's why God has instructed each and every one of us the great commission to go into all the world and share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone. One translation says, share it with everyone, everywhere. That's all in. Willing to live the life, to to breathe that relationship with Jesus Christ. The term all in literally means to to be completely committed to something. Oh, we're going to be committed to something. Some people are committed to something, and that something is nothing, but it's still something. And I wonder, are you fully committed to God? Or are you satisfied just coming in and going through the motions. 
Can I be completely transparent with you? I've shared this with you before. If you've been a part of Encounter Church for any length of time, I've been saying this, and I'm going to continue to say this. We are at a crossroads. I know some of you are probably getting tired of hearing me say this, but it's truth. We're at a crossroads with our Christianity here in America. We're at a place where the Christian either has to decide, am I going to continue to play church, or am I really going to be a Christian? Am I just going to go through the emotions? Am I going to allow the Word of God to be perverted and twisted so that it meets the the whims and desires of everyone around? Or am I truly going to stand upon the Word of God, which is, is truth, is solid, is our foundation, it's what we build upon, what are we going to do? See, we're at a crossroads, and we have a choice. You have a choice. Oh, it's not enough for us that are sitting in the seats to say, you know what? Yeah, we'll let the church take a stand, but for me, I'm just going to sit back. Because the Bible tells me that we are the church. This, and by the way, none of this is in my notes. This is all free. So this is just a physical man-made venue in which we use as an opportunity to strengthen our walk with Christ so that when we're out there, we can be the church. Are you trekking with me today? And I wonder, are you ready, are you willing to go all in. We've talked in this series so far that we've got to take the time to really respond to the voice of God. We're looking at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, which the Jewish people call the Shema. The Shema is actually the word listen, and that's how the, the phrase or the scripture begins, listen, O Israel. And in this idea of listen, it's more than just uh, audibly hearing, but it's grabbing a hold of and following suit with what the one speaking is desiring. So in our case, listen, O Israel, the Lord God is Jehovah. The Lord is God, and the Lord alone is God. So now with that, we have a responsibility. We've got something that we've got to do. Last week, we looked at the first portion of our life that must be consumed with love, and that was the heart. I would encourage you, if you missed last Sunday, man, go onto any of the social media platforms and grab last week's message. Really let that penetrate in you because I believe if we're truly going to go all in, we've got to know what's holding, what's, what we're holding on to and what we've got to give up. Yes? So we've got to love the Lord with all of our hearts, all of our soul, all of our strength. Again, look at our text, Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 and 5. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must, that word must is an imperative, it's not a suggestion, but you must love the Lord your God with all your heart. If you're going to go all in, you've got to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your strength. Today, I want to talk about all your strength, all your soul. I'm going to love the Lord with all my soul. That word soul in the original language is the word nephesh. The word nephesh is used 700 times in the Old Testament. But here's the problem with this word nephesh. Um, we, in the English language, translate it soul in this situation 
but truth be told, it's not really soul the way we understand soul. We fail to really grasp what the Shema is trying to portray to us. You see, we hear the word soul, and I don't know about you, but I think that non-physical, immortal essence or portion of my life that is trapped inside of my body, just longing for death so it can be released, right? Okay, no one else sees souls like that. Maybe you all understood it a lot better than I did, but in my mind, the soul is that inner, it's kind of trapped inside going, I want out of here. And the moment we die, it's like, woohoo, I'm gone. But that's not really soul. Truth be told, that's not the word nephesh at all. What the Bible is referring to is so much more than a portion of our life that we struggle to describe. The word nephesh, by definition, could be defined many ways, such as self, life, person, desire, emotion, passion, that which breathes. Come on, look at that. You must love the Lord your God with all of yourself, all of your person, all of your desire, all of your emotion, all of your passion, all that breathes within you. Oh, I love Psalm 150. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. That's loving the Lord with all of your nephesh. With all that breeze, we're going to simplify the word soul just a little bit. We're going to say it's encompassed in your whole life and your physical being. In other words, every morsel of who you are. That's what we're to offer to God with our love, our living, breathing life, our desires, our passions, our emotions. In other words, all that makes us us, or more personally, all that makes you you. That's what we're to give God with our love and our dedication. So this morning, I want to look at three needs of the soul. Three vitally important things that our soul needs to grab a hold of. Number one is this. Let God consume your life. Let God consume your life. Anybody ever guilty of letting life consume you? Yeah? Absolutely we are. Man, we, we thought maybe in COVID that, that things would slow down a little bit, that we wouldn't be consumed with life so much that we can just kind of hang out. But man, I don't know about you, but my life just got crazier. Calvin just kind of exploded. Things were popping up all over. Everybody wanted to Zoom. Whether you needed to have a Zoom meeting, it was the cool thing to do, so we're all going to do it. Come on, anybody spend more time on Zoom in 2020 than you really needed to? Oh, my gracious. But rather than letting life consume us, why not let God consume our life? The very first step to being able to love God with all of your soul is to open up and allow him to come in. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible to allow God to be a part of who you are until you come to the place of saying, Lord, here I am, come in. Because you see, here's the deal. God's a gentleman. 
He is not going to force himself upon you. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. Anyone who opens that door and allows him to come, surely he'll come in. But he's not going to bring that battering ram at your door. He's not going to bring the SWAT team along with him. He's not going to bring Gabriel and all the other angels and say, guys, take this door down, we're going in. But he stands there and simply knocks at the door of your heart. For many of us, we find ourselves in the place of perhaps resistance. Not sure if we can or, or even are willing to let go of control. We want to hold on to it all. We want to grab life by the horns. But truth be told, if we will just let go, if we will just allow God to take charge, he'll turn life around and place us on a new track. I remember as a kid, a very popular phrase that we heard in the church many, many times was let go and let God. Let go, and oh, you come to an altar, you'd have an issue, and you'd hear somebody say, come on, brother, let go and let God. Just pray through, let go and let God. And you know what? When we let go and let God, God began to do the work. The Bible says in Psalm 94, verse 17, the psalmist writes this, Unless the Lord had helped me, I would have settled in the silence of the grave. Unless the Lord had helped me, if the Lord had not come to my rescue, if the Lord had not stepped in on my behalf, then my life, my nephesh, would have settled into death. How do I know that? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Unless Jesus came without the price that he paid on the cross, all that I had to look forward to through this life and because of the life that I have lived was death. But because of Jesus, because Jesus stepped in, because Jesus made a way, because Jesus paid the price. I don't have to settle at death's door. In other words, without the goodness of God in my life, there is no way that I could have escaped the grips of death. But because of God, because he stepped in, because he made a way, I now have a way out of the pit of despair. But I wonder, what are you allowing to consume your life today. That, that's taking the place of what God wants to do. Think about that. Think of your week. Think of your schedule. 24 hours a day, it's all we've got. But what are you allowing? For some, it's worry. You're allowing the worry of what if to consume you. For some of you, it's fear. You're, you're living life in fear, fear that this won't work out, or fear that you'll catch this, or, or get that, or fear that that will happen. For some of you, it's, it's the lack of. You're searching for something, and you just can't figure out what it is, and 
You spent all your time meandering around in that. But God's saying to, to you today, I'm all you need. My grace is sufficient. I've already supplied the answer. Would you just let go and, and let me meet you today? The psalmist goes on two verses later to say this, When doubts fill my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. When doubts filled my life, the innermost part of my being, when my life, when that which breathes within me is filled with doubt, God, I know that you will step in, that you will renew your hope and your joy. How do I know it's his? Because the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Your joy will renew inside of me. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, and it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend upon your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Have you come to that place of trusting completely in God with all that you are? Had you determined today that, yes, Lord, I'm going to go all in with you. Lord, I don't know what it looks like. God, I'm not sure what around the corner is going to bring my way. But, Lord, I'm going to trust you because I know that you have a plan for my life. And your word says that plan is for good, not for disaster. Lord, you've got incredible things in store for me. So, Lord, I'm going to trust you because I know that you can do so much more with my life than I ever could on my own. Are you all in with every morsel of your existence today? See, I want you to know that God is already here. He's ready to lead you to direct every step that you take. The question is, are you willing to allow him to take the lead? Come on, think about that. That's easier said than done. Oh, in here, amongst Christian folk, I would venture to say if I was to ask you, raise your hand if you're ready for God to take the lead of your life. Most of us, 95% of us would go, yeah, that's me. But what happens out there? I would challenge you today. Make a determination. Declare to the Lord, Lord, today I commit my all to you. Why? Because it is impossible to love God with all of who you are until you trust him enough to lead all that you are through life. Let me say that again. It's impossible to love God with all that you are until you trust him enough to lead all of you life it's taking that moment to say lord i trust you the bible says in galatians chapter 5 beginning verse 16 it says so i say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves 
See, that's some of your problems. Some of you are like, man, Pastor, I, I want to follow after God, but I keep doing the junk over and over and again. I keep finding myself falling in that same trap over and over again. It's because we're trying to do it by ourselves. You will never be victorious over that issue as long as you keep holding on to the control in your life. The Bible says, let the Holy Spirit guide you. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of the sinful nature. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasure, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But here's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Says the Holy Spirit produces. In other words, this characteristic isn't natural to the fleshly side of you. Okay, The fleshly side wants to revert back to sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and sins like these. But the Holy Spirit will reach into our lives and he'll say, you know what? I want to remove this and I want to put this seed in there. He produces inside of us this fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Bible goes on to say there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have, Jesus, have nailed Jesus. I'm sorry. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions. That's better and desires of the sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. What does that mean? That means since we're living in the Spirit, since we made that declaration, let's go all in. The Holy Spirit has already done the work in you the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, the moment you surrender yourself to him, the Holy Spirit goes to work on the inside of your life, producing in you the characteristics of the Holy Spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, producing that in us. The question is, what are we going to do with that? Since we live, by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit's leading in every area, every part of our lives. Let's go all in. It's time to stop allowing the junk around us to, to consume us and to truly begin to allow the Holy Spirit to lead our steps. You see, it's one thing to say we follow the Holy Spirit's lead, and oftentimes it's a completely different thing to truly take the obedient step to put into action 
what he's laid inside of us, right? One is simply lip service. One is simply saying, yeah, I follow the Holy Spirit, but there's no action, there's no fruit, there's no results of that spoken word. It's another thing to say, Lord, I'm going to implement in my life what you've placed in me. God, I'm going to allow the fruit of the Spirit to begin to to run through every morsel of who I am. I'm going to allow it to be a part of my nephesh, part of myself, part of the living, breathing part of me. It's time to start letting God consume every portion of our life. Need number two, let your soul long for more of God. Let your soul long for more of God. Psalm 42 verse 1 says this, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. One translation says, As the deer pants for the water. As my soul longs. That's what the psalmist is getting at. He's saying, Just as the deer in the wild longs for his thirst to be quenched by the cool, refreshing spring. That's how I long for more of God in my life. Not just a a momentary want, not just something to parch a little bit of thirst, but I have a a desire, a, a longing in my life for more and more and more of Him. Just as physically we need water in our lives, how much more Do you and I need the presence of God, a real heartfelt relationship with Jesus Christ for our spiritual life? Because here's what I've discovered. To stop thirsting for God is to die spiritually. Can I be completely honest with you? If you have no thirst for God, you need to check your spiritual pulse. And I know that that's, that's rough, but it's true. If there's no desire, no longing in your heart to spend time with God, then man, the relationship is null and void. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you Oh God, it's of utmost importance that we work diligently to avoid allowing substitutes in life to quench a thirst. The psalmist goes on in in verse 2 to say this, I thirst for God. When can I come and stand before you? Why does he ask this question? I mean, he just finished talking about the deer longing for the streams and panting beside the water. And then he says, I thirst for the Lord. When can I come into your presence? Why, when can I stand before you? Why does he say that? Because the more time that he spent in the presence of God, the more of the presence of God he realized that he needed. Right? The more time that you spend with God reading his word, praying, 
worshiping, whatever that happens to look like for you, the more time that I spend allowing him to pour into me, the more I have a desire to spend quality time with him. Psalm chapter 63 verse 1 says it this way, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. There's that word again, whole body. It's the word nephesh. My whole body, all that I am, the living, breathing portion of my life longs for you. It's a dry, it's a weary land. Man, that's a big depiction of culture around us, yes? Pretty dry, pretty weary, parched, a land in need of refreshment. So I'm reminded now of a, a scripture in the book of John. Jesus has a conversation. They've been traveling down the road and he come to a point where he found himself at a well and there was a, a woman there, a Samaritan woman. And honestly, it was odd that Jesus would be talking to her. First off, she was a female and at that time period, that wasn't really cordial for a, a male to stop and talk to a female, but also she was a Samaritan and, and he was a Jew. And again, that was a big problem. The, the, Samaritan, or the, the Jews saw the Samaritans really as dogs. But Jesus sees a woman at a well and he begins to have a conversation with her. He says to her, he says, please, would you give me a, a drink of water? The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, we are Jews, and I, you're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? And here was Jesus' response. If you only knew the gift God has for you and who you were speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you the living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think that you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? But Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon be thirsty again. But anyone who drinks the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them giving you eternal life please sir the woman said give me this water and i'll never be thirsty again i won't have to come to get this water jesus said go and get your husband she said i uh i don't have a husband jesus said you're right you don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now Why did I read that? Why did I go on to that last portion? Because what I've discovered about this lady is she was trying to quench a thirst in her life with cheap substitutes. She had had five husbands and she was currently living with a, a guy she wasn't married to. 
She was trying to satisfy something in life, looking for love, looking for acceptance, looking for belonging or, or meaning. But Jesus was trying to get her to understand that what he desired to offer her life was something that no one else could quench. That no cheap substitute would satisfy, but a, a spring, a perpetual spring that will bubble inside of her. The joy of the Lord. Hope that's only found in him. A love that's everlasting, that's non-conditional. That's what Jesus wanted to give. I wonder, what is it that you have allowed to attempt to fill the longing in your life that only Jesus can fill? What is that? What is that situation, that relationship, that item, the calendar events? What is it that you've allowed to attempt to fill the longing in your life that only Jesus can fill? I want to challenge you today. Stop trying to quench your thirst with cheap substitutes. Turn it to God. He knows your situation he knows your struggle. He knows the failed relationships. We talked about it last week, I believe. He, he knows everything about you, even the things you try to hide. And guess what? He still loves you. So we have a third need. Our first need is to let God consume our life. The, the second is to let your soul long for more of God. And the third is this, let your soul give God praise. Let your soul give God praise. In other words, let every morsel of your being, Psalm 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I love the word of the psalmist in 103, verse 1 and 2. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Come on. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Let all that I am, let every morsel of my being, my living, breathing, active life, give God praise. May I never, ever, ever Forget what he's done for me. You see, once you open up your life to God, once you allow him to consume you, there will be a longing in your life for more and more of him. And once that thirst has been quenched, there'll be a sense of a, a new desire, a new longing, one that longs to give God praise. That's what the psalmist is crying out. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that's in me, bless your holy name. The psalmist was saying, Lord, I am all in. He's saying, let my life offer you all that I am as a sacrifice of praise for the new life you've made available. He goes on in verse or chapter 103 to recognize the so many blessings of God, the forgiveness, the healing, the love, the mercy, the redemption. But he ends it with these words. 
Let all that I am praise the Lord. Is that your heart's cry? Is that the desire of your life? Is that the longing inside of you? Say, Lord, the innermost part of my being searches for you. Lord, I no longer want to just go through the motions. Lord, I don't want to just play church. But Lord, I want to go all in with you. It was pastor and author Mark Batterson in the book All In the Road. Anything less than the complete surrender of our lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ is robbing God of the glory he demands and deserves. It's also cheating ourselves out of the eternal reward God has reserved for us. We won't come alive in the truest and fullest sense until we die to self. And we won't find ourselves until we lose ourselves in the cause of Christ. It's time to ante up. It's time to go all in. I want to challenge you today. Stop just going through the motions. Stop just playing church. The Bible says there's coming a day when many will cry out, Lord, Lord. And the response they'll get is, I never knew you. But Lord, I, I, I did miracles in your name. I didn't know you. We could paraphrase it. I served coffee in your name. I greeted at the door. I changed diapers in the nursery. That should be worth something. I even sing on a worship team. And you say, I never knew you. And I think a lot of that is because a lot of people are just playing church. satisfying a religious side satisfying an individual God said that's not why I've come I've come that you may have life and have it to the fullest would you go all in with him you stop playing games? Would you make a commitment today? Not tomorrow, not next week, but today to say, Lord, from this moment on, God, I'm all in with you. I don't know exactly what that looks like. Lord, I'm throwing it all on the table. now, would you speak to our hearts? God, I believe that there are many, many people 
that you're speaking deep down on the inside of their life right now. Perhaps those in the house, perhaps those that are watching online. But Lord, help us not to walk out these doors or to turn off the feed without making a commitment. Your word says we must love the Lord our God with all got to be all in. It's all or nothing, hot or cold. Lord, speak to us right now. You're in the house. Two questions. One, say, Pastor, I don't have Jesus in my life. I haven't asked him to forgive me. Today, I want to do that. Good news for you. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all the unrighteousness, all the wrong we've ever done. If that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus today, would you raise your hand? That's the first step. Yeah, there's one. Come on, is that you? across the house second question is this I believe this is going to affect many of you you're here today you're being honest with yourself but you're saying pastor at this point I'm not positive that I've been all in But today, I want to make that change. Today, I want to go all in with God. That's you? Did you raise your hand? Yeah, there's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, there's five, six, seven. Come on. Oh, Pastor, I can't raise my hand. I've been coming to church for 40 years. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There's no time like the present. Now's your time. Is that you? Come on, all across the house. Let me give you three seconds. We're moving on. Three, two, one. Would you stand with me all across the house today? I need every prayer partner that's in the room today, every prayer partner to line the front if you could. Those of you that raised your hand, if you raise your hand because you feel like you need to go all in, you raise your hand, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you, the moment the worship team begins to lead us in this song, I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat to come find one of our prayer partners this morning and let them pray with you. Are you ready? Here we go. 